0: This week we welcome the megalith hunter herself, Laura, back to the podcast. She recently ducked across the ocean to Italy and what she found there is both breathtaking and mind-boggling. Polygonal masonry, and not just a little bit of polygonal masonry, a lot, and more than I thought was ever possible in Italy. So now we've got to chuck Italy into the polygonal masonry puzzle. We also spoke about uh, Malta and we spoke a little bit about Upart, and I shared the uh, the imprint with her towards the end. Sitting back down with Laura was excellent. It's always good to talk to another fellow researcher and she's deep into the research and she's doing some really, really good work and forming her own pitches, which I look forward to hearing more about as we move along. I know I said I would uh, post the uh, EFS video however I'm just trialing a couple of video editing programs and before the next week's episode I'll have two or three videos up including Laura's and I think Steve's as well might go up there as well so just got to put a few things together that the program that I'm using takes a really long time so and not very uh, user friendly so I'm just uh, upgrading that and to process those ones and get them out to you guys. Don't have too much more apart from some gratitude. Really appreciate you, the listener. Really appreciate the awesome coders that have been here since the beginning. Thank you very much as we head towards our fifth birthday. And I'm excited to see what happens next with UTC. Not sure what music I'll go with as I sit here and record the intro, so your guess is as good as mine. Remember on Patreon, Unlocking the Code. Look us up on Facebook, Unlocking the Code, and Instagram give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review on the podcast and the page. That does actually help the algorithms. And we are in the top 50 of some apps, so thanks very much to those who have downloaded it. As the chaos continues, find time to chill. Find time for yourself. However, remain vigilant. Be kind, be cool, be disciplined, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. G'day everyone, welcome back. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast for the second time, the Megalith Hunter herself, Laura. How are you?
1: Hi, Trifon. I'm great, thank you.
0: Well, we've got uh, we've got a very interesting place to go tonight that's not spoken about very much that you spent a couple of weeks in. Uh, however, before we get there, how is anything happened in Malta? Have we found a magical cart that fits the cart ruts and we know what goes on there and
1: I haven't solved all the mysteries yet but I do have I do have some ideas I'm I'm starting to speculate on a few things yeah um yeah. I've got a few theories to do with menhirs mm-hmm. and I've got a few theories well I'd say one proper theory to do with the Statues of corpulent figurines. So I'm working on researching those in a way that I can present them with some pretty good facts and evidence. Yeah, right. So it's not just speculation. Um,
2: Yeah.
1: So that's you know I'm I'm always doing this thing of like okay, so I want to actually visit the sites and get some decent footage. I want to delve into lots of different Mm -hmm. areas, not just the places I visit.
0: Yeah.
1: Because of course, there's a, a a chance that everything's kind of related. Yes. And then. I also want to come up with my own ideas. So Mm -hmm. when I'm doing my kind of educational YouTube channel where I'm talking about the mysteries and I'm looking at through academic papers on them and various books, um, it's not just about kind of summarizing what's known about each topic. Obviously I'm trying to explore ideas at the same Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. and touch on some of the facts, some of the more controversial um, ideas and hypotheses, but also, eventually present my own research
0: absolutely so that's
1: always been my intention from the yeah. beginning yeah. is to in some way or another whether it's through writing a book or something present mm-hmm. my own ideas um and yeah i've actually now since we last spoke got a few ideas about menhirs and the corpulent figurines car okay. i'm still like uh.
0: <laughs> look i, I had a, I had an interesting conversation about the car oh they're just you know they're just random tracks and like no they're actually all equally spaced and they're everywhere and they don't lead anywhere and they go into the yeah. ocean and this guy goes, they're equally spaced. I said, yes, they're equally spaced everywhere. And, and it's like, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And they don't go anywhere. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm going to have to rethink that theory. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to, because there's no, I, cause obviously I, I I follow your stuff and I keep an eye on this stuff. And I, and like every time those cart come up, I'm like, what is that? You know? Yeah. Uh, however, what do you reckon? Cause To me, sort of looking at your work and from a, I look at it from a global perspective and we're going to do a bit of a comparison about some stuff that I found here in Queensland versus uh, Italy, which is where we're going tonight. Um, I think it is connected. You know, I think there is, there, there seems to be a, a general connection. I see a lot of, I mean, you're in Malta, so I see a lot of your stuff, very similar to the areas on the, on the mainland, you know, like I think there's some Mm -hmm. stuff in Turkey that looks very similar to Mm -hmm. the stuff in Malta. There's some middle Eastern stuff that looks very similar to the stuff that's in Malta. It does seem to still be a version or, you know, of the builder culture, you know, I think. um,
1: Totally. And even since we last spoke, I went to Sardinia and I explored Mm -hmm. the carpets there. Now that they're not, there are not as many of them there, but they are, well, they're just very similar,
0: mm-hmm. same are they, width. Oh, they are they? That was gonna be nice question. Yeah. They're the same width, right?
1: And there, over there, they call them Roman. And I'm just I'm just stood there like perplexed by it all. Um and then when I was in mainland Italy last week,
2: mm.
1: I was just I went to look at some Etruscan tombs. Obviously, it's not the time period I'm normally interested in, but I went there because there are polygonal walls within the Etruscan tombs, which I put a little bit on Instagram and I mentioned on my first video of my polygonal or cyclopean wall series. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. while I'm walking through the Etruscan tomb, like little avenue that is between two sides of it, I just come across cart ruts and I'm like, what? How did I not know this? Really? Same. In fact, I might post those pictures tonight um, after this um, for Instagram because, Mm. um, yeah, I just... Like I, I'm, I'm lost on that one. Um, I mean, are they the, I know they the, that same? There are, they
0: the same, those ones.
1: I didn't have a tape measure with me, yeah, but I right. think, but because I wasn't expecting, but I do, I do think they look quite, quite similar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also mm, I know that there are lots of features of these, uh, this necropolis, like mm-hmm. channels where water would be drained from mm-hmm. it, which makes sense and things like that. But this did not seem like that. <laughs> this seemed completely different.
0: Wow. And I, um,
1: I'm a bit confused about that when I've been looking up online seeing if I can find anything and I haven't really found anything so, so I kind of didn't want to do an Instagram caption or anything until I'd found some research on it but I and didn't find nothing
0: it. There. There's nothing there.
1: There it's probably is I mean I'm trying to always make sure I search in Italian and yeah. English at yeah. the same time but um it's yeah I mean someone will have said something about it at some point I'm sure they're right I mean they're right there they're really obvious. Um, but yeah,
0: of, if they're just attributed to the Romans, like a lot of stuff is, you know, it's oh the Romans did it. That's, that's a, that's a standard, standard yeah. response in Europe, you know, is all the Roman stuff, you know? So if someone's, oh, the Romans, did, oh yeah, the Romans did. It. Okay. No worries. Uh, but it's not if it's if you imagine you, you got you got to go back now measure the widths laura that's what we have to do you got to go back and yeah see I, I
1: need to do another trip to lazio because i only had a few days and i crammed so much into it mm. i didn't even see all the sites I had on my list but then i saw extra ones so i would be somewhere and then read a, a flyer about something and then notice like there's a wall over there and mm. then that's a really long hike so i ended up exploring each area i went to in more depth than i planned to yeah. which meant that i couldn't do everything on my itinerary but mm. um still it was yeah this even the, these polygonal walls they were they're all act as i said in my recent video they all act as well they're all foundations they're, yes. they're, they've been that reused was, yes they're not full structures no. and why on earth would the romans use them just to make the foundations and then build completely different blocks on top that was well, i'm not a construction expert but that seems silly
0: no look the uh, I, I look i Look up Laura's, uh, the aqueduct is the one that blew my mind. We were sitting in here. We were sitting here, myself and Angus, because we're we're currently reviewing a book by an Aussie guy. That's in between having awesome interviews like yourself. We're sort of reviewing a bit of a book to have it. And it's it's good. It's good fun. We're having good fun with it. And I said, you got to see what Laura just put up. And he's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, look at that. That wall was already there. So Mm -hmm. was it an aqueduct? Like, I don't understand, like, because it's almost like it's separated between the, I don't, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I, I, I went there be because I've
1: seen um megalithomania. Hugh Newman had mm-hmm. done a video mm-hmm. on that one ages and ages ago. And um, so when I was exploring Florentino, which is the city, well, town sort of near there, I just wasn't that impressed. They don't, the blocks at the Acropolis just don't seem that polygonal. Yeah. And then I saw that that aqueduct is somewhere near Ferentino, but I couldn't find the GPS location online. Then I did find it, but you know, in the old format and then I changed it. Mm. I thought, I think I've got it, I think I got it. So we drove there. And then as as I went around the corner, I'm like, no way. I mean, it really is like when you're up close to it, it's crazy. Mm. So I'm thinking, was it like a wall a very very thick wall which yes. was then you know dug out and they made like this aqueduct shape from it or what like or was it really that because it doesn't make sense or were the romans really using it as a foundation and then mm. putting blocks different blocks on top but why would they do that honestly that one really had me but it's on private property and you can't get right up close to it because yeah, they put right. of barbed wire around and um And I wanted to like explore the nearby fields and see if I can find more of those because Mm. this is Mm. the thing I do in Malta. I just keep hiking until I see things. And then I Mm. see like, you see a megalith built into a rubble wall. And then you know that probably there was a temple in that area once and things like that. Mm. Um, And if I was in Italy, I mean, this region is so big, obviously Lazio compared to Malta. If I, you'd have to do a lot of hiking to find these things, but I Mm. bet there's loads more in the countryside that is not known about or is not referenced.
0: Probably on
1: farmer's land.
0: I mean, Look, Hugh Newman is prolific, and it doesn't surprise me that he found it. Uh, mm. His his recent work's been very interesting. Actually, he's doing some stuff on giants. Actually, it's it's the evidence. Yeah, I've for been that meaning to get that
1: book. Actually, yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: that's on my list as well. I'm sort of, I'm mm. yeah, I'm dealing with Max Egan and Richard Cassaro's work at the moment. However, mm. yeah, Hugh's new book. However, no surprise that he he picked up on it. However, apart from that, have you seen anything on those? Because I'd never seen that. I, I knew of the walls, like there was. I knew that there was megalith walls in Italy, but I had no idea that the base of those aqu- those big Roman aqueducts was no, polygonal. Masonry. I didn't
1: know. Actually, on my list was just the hilltops of each kind of town where mm. it's well documented that there's these polygonal walls. Because I also didn't want to have too much trouble finding them. Mm. And then uh, when I was in Ferentino, I was just like, mm, I'm just not feeling polygonal on these ones. And actually, I'm doing. I did mention in my video. This uh, even. People other I'm not the first person to think it doesn't really look polygonal and that mm. there might be another reason for that. But anyway, and then I just thought, I'm sure there's some, I must be in the wrong place. Mm. So, but then I read the plaque and it says, no, this is Cyclopean. And I'm like, hmm. And so I Googled, like, is there anything else in the Ferentino area? And then I came across Hugh's video, which i had seen ages before, but i just kind of forgotten about it
2: because so it, yeah. it was
1: more my casual interest and I wasn't doing it as a project. And I thought, mm. ah, where's that? And then I go start looking it up. I'm like, while I'm, while I'm in this area, I'm going to find this aqueduct. Acre-
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: and then um and then drove to it it's kind of it's quite i mean it's in between ferentino and this other town mm. and that's the other thing okay so most of them are like most of the cyclopean walls you'd be led to believe like all uh, fortifications because they're all on these hilltops, but they're actually, you find them in valleys, like that aqueduct, you find them from what I've read. And now I've started to go through all the proper research on it. You find them as platforms of like terraced, terrace platforms for agriculture, terrace platforms for villas in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. uh, road embankments like the Romans. For me, it seems they came and there was a massive um, infrastructure there that was broken down and they just, saw some advantage in reusing it that's how it looks now mm. you know i i prefer to go with fact mm. and i only speculate when i can really find a gap so if an archaeologist says this is a bit we don't really understand this because of a dating because of this dating anomaly or we don't understand mm. this then i see an area where independent researchers can get in and speculate
0: yeah. and look
1: into the different research and stuff it doesn't mean you're going to conclude anything because no. unless you're working in a very specific niche area unfortunately mm. it's, it's quite difficult to prove anything but it means that you can definitely open up the conversation and explore it mm-hmm. um but on this one i'm like no come on there's something going on here this is <laughs> this is ridiculous like-
0: well for, for those that have got the video do you want to do you want to share a screen and show me some of those pictures i'd love to see i'd love to see some more because i hmm. let me show me. you
1: the pictures i have in my um in my laptop because i've got loads obviously
0: yeah well yeah so. we don't have to we we'd be here all night if we start analyzing <laughs> all of them However, let's
1: let's have a look at the aqueduct.
0: Yeah, so, let's have a, I just want to see the I just want to see what you've got at the aqueduct because that's
1: So it's kind of the end of the day so the sun was a bit like it wasn't ideal lighting from the direction of the sun but
0: See yeah, and it, obviously you couldn't get that is that is that from a fair way away too, obviously No, so, that that's
1: re- real close actually. But there's a fence um about a meter away from it and then you're in the road.
0: So on the on the right, just so on the right there. So okay, I'm just trying to see how they the the merging between the two building styles. So they've used some of it. It looks like they've clicked. They've 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 they've, they've, but it's totally different. Like it's it's brick and mortar, and yeah, mortarless polygonal masonry. Like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't understand.
1: I mean, look at that. It's like so obviously the what i wouldn't have thought there was an aqueduct structure there originally so mm. was it just a really thick wall several meters because this is obviously several meters mm. and then it was reused and they cut a big arch in it um even so the other side is really this is where it's challenging that I had to really zoom in through a yeah, wire fence. That is a the, proper field on that side. You, and you, you the sun was get, not on my side.
0: <laughs> you want to you want to get up close and personal with that wall there. I mean, it, it, look, even the little wedge pieces and stuff like that. Like that is truly polygonal masonry. That don't not only is it look like it is a different building technique, obviously, and but it looks older and the stone is different. So it's not even like they use the same stone
1: yeah it's, it's so strange
0: it's boggling that's that's uh, i mean how do i you... wonder
1: what's in the middle of that what's the infill between that yes. and the other side of the aqueduct because yep. here you uh in the arch you see it going all the way through but then again i mean if there had been a wall there with the infill it could have just been all reused and restructured hmm. to make an aqueduct and that's probably not in situ
0: well what's interesting I mean, to what what's interesting as well so we we, I threw my research Me. down here with upside-down photos. You've got to have a bit of fun. Um, what I found down here is that our, a lot of our mate, that's, that's probably the best photo. That's amazing. Uh, what I found down here is a lot of our main roads were actually Indigenous walking tracks, right? So was it potentially, was there a bridge there? You know what I mean? Well, if that was a road is a road is a road, right? So um, yeah. if, was, was there a bridge there? And then they've just used that bridge to form the aqueduct. I mean, that's a that's me thinking on the fly. However, because yeah. now they have built a road rides.
1: through it, so you yeah. see on the top of the aqueduct, there's like an old road on there, and mm-hmm. then there's this road going through here, which obviously wouldn't have been there mm. um, back in the day. So I don't know. It depends what the geology of that area is as well. So there's Could nothing.
0: So there's nothing on this. You can't, apart from Hugh Newman's video, you can't find any papers or anything else like that on it
1: um I haven't well there are a lot of books but they're all in Italian and I don't speak great Italian I'm learning it Mm. so I just take my time with it I look up a lot of the words that I don't understand um, and get friends to help me um so it's a bit of a slow process I'm sure there is research on it but Mm. but still everything that I've come across that's kind of um official and not really questioning anything just talks about how the Romans did it that's all it really talks about. They don't ask why on earth they did it like this. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the top of the aqueduct is modern. I don't yeah. think that's um, Roman, but the bottom, but but I, obviously that's been rebuilt at some mm. point, but this is apparently an old Roman aqueduct.
2: Mm. So
1: um, I don't know. So it would have had the cyclopean masonry and then probably some regular square opus quadratum stonework on top. Um, So, I I mean, I want to see if I can find any pictures of that. And then of course it was reconstructed at some point in modern Mm. times.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
1: I don't know, I need to find more on this specifically, Uh, that's why I'm going town by town now. I'm really breaking it down. Mm. I I did my introduction video as a general overview, but now I Mm -hmm. want to go town by town, Mm -hmm. looking into the countryside of each area, the hilltop fortifications, the um, the proper history and then wherever archaeologists have found anomalies or what dating evidence they actually have for it or what they say mm. about it. Mm. So, you know, that's that's kind of like my what I'm working on at the moment is this series. Yeah, and tro- Ferentino's trouble- you know, gonna get good treatment <laughs> i need Absolutely. to really look
0: you need to you need to go and need to go and talk to that farmer and say, pretty pretty please can i go and have a close look at the wall <laughs>
1: i know i was thinking that like i was looking around and i couldn't this is the problem with megalith hunting everything's always in the middle of nowhere yeah, and yeah. Um, Tell me about it. you never know which farmhouse belongs to which field
2: <laughs> so you don't even know who to
1: go and like knock and ask and then if i just show you something else just quickly Absolutely. so this is the ferentino acropolis i just i'm not seeing it I'm not saying that's that's not
0: cyclopean that's no 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 there's not enough very shape variation that's just that's rough that's rough hewn brick that's not that's not cyclopean that's so that's, that's
1: what, why I went looking for the aqueducts so I was like, well while I'm in this area I've got to find mm, something cyclopean it's mm, a waste mm. of a drive.
0: But what's interesting um, and I don't think I, I, I must apologize I apologize on air I, I, I think I was supposed to send you some photos before you went but I didn't do that. however um, this is oh, Queensland. Yes. this is Queensland in Australia. so you know like how do you it, that is so much so very similar similar in block size, mm. similar in design.
1: And what's the standard theory? Like, what do they say about these blocks? Well, Obviously what's in, not Roman? No,
0: no, we're not Roman. What's interesting is they actually say they were in a stepped formation on a hill to on a, on a, um, it's not a hill, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's not, it look, it's, they call it the Gimpy Pyramid, but it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a ridge line that has a pyramidal front. Okay. Right. Uh, and the story goes that, that these stones were taken from there and moved to this. This is the front of a church, right? Uh, right. And they were moved and then placed there. Uh, huh. You know. Uh, and that's the story. But it it, it look, I, I've dug more into it, and it seems to be there. Seems to be a a, a stonemason at the end of all these stories, or some sort of mason at the end of these stories. And there's a, a whole another. Uh, side of research because I, I don't really know. I mean that's the the money shot in, in gimpy is uh. is that corner this 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 I mean look at that there the, and that perfect wow. corner piece like it's truly polygonal masonry uh, and it's there's not a apart from that a mason built it, it the idea being it was donated in the 30s as a depression era project to employ local men. Right, and they put a wall around the church. That's that's the official story. And then, if you follow the the government documents, end in a in a mason somewhere along the way. However, how do you like? This is a true anomaly. This one, the the wall, because there's no other examples of it. There's some other, you know, there's some other rough examples on it. It's almost like the, you know, if I showed you, actually, I probably probably got some here. Actually, if I just skip through. Because yeah, I mean, so look at that. Some of that stuff is very interesting as well, right? This is the, the gimpy wall. Yeah. Uh, and those wow. those those blocks are a good, I don't know, 50 centimeters thick as well, like they go all the way through. Uh, so you'd imagine and you'd assume that these small pieces go all the way through, too, which which twists your mind even more because it's like you've got to think about those wedge pieces. That's not just a wedge that goes in the front, that wedge is that long, you know. What I mean, like they've actually uh-huh.
2: Straight- uh-huh
0: the wedge that's that long crazy. um and yeah so this is the more impressive stuff but then you, you go along and you find that that's the that's the corner piece there But you go along and yes yeah, then that's similar to what you were just showing me there it's sort of like it's yeah. like they've, they've had a go at it but it's all rough hewn you know and it's like that's not that's another wall that's around in the area that is sort of polygonal but not really it's sort of like they've just mm-hmm. just picked a rock and oh, that one looks about the rough shape and then just, just chucked it in there. However, yeah, look, I don't, the, the, the mystery of the gimpy wall is still open to interpretation. I think like a lot of these uh, mysterious polygonal walls that seem to turn up and you know, the, and the, yeah, the idea is, is that if it was on the, on the ridge line that it was actually stepped for uh, farming, right. Which is what you said earlier, like some of these walls are stepped up hills to do terrace farming you know which is
2: yeah
0: it's interesting i mean and look i speaking to farmers like i'm a bit like yourself i'm not going to take while i don't I look i, I don't mind taking a trip into woo-woo land I, I'm, I'm open to exploring different theories however like yourself i am building my own narrative from my corner of the world and having a look at the the you know the joining pieces between the Egyptian and the and the, the the triptych and the Mason influence and all that sort of stuff and where did it all sort of come together and you know the the Stonehenge and you know there's some mm-hmm. I'm following up some very interesting things that I, I won't talk about now but I'll, I'll talk off mic but not not mm-hmm. not on mic about some of the stuff that I'm trying to figure out um, which will blow people away if I can if we can get there and again it seems to be echoes these seems there's just random echoes it, on every single continent and every single country on the planet. There's a, a megalithic echo there somewhere, you know, which in my mind, we have to hark back to who were these people, you know? And, why and it's just so it-
1: inconvenient, isn't it? It's just, I completely understand when you can come up with certain ideas separately. I do mm. understand that. Mm happens all the time there's lots of cultural motifs that come up separately we've said that before but this is just such an inconvenient way of building and it just doesn't make like it I would have thought you would like the easiest thing would just be to make squares and rectangles as much as you can yeah and fit them um so the plug-in of walls it does seem inconvenient to me and a strange technique that it can be everywhere like that (laughs) just
0: and a strange technique insofar as it is truly engineering these because I've mm. of looked into the engineering behind it these polygonal walls the reason they're still there is because they withstand earthquakes they withstand you know like mm. that 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 interlocking masonry withstands the stresses that this planet dishes out you know the land moves everything shifts and we all you know we all know you know standard brick houses they'll slip you know like I'm halfway mm. up a hill you go into my house there's cracks in the brickwork You know, because over time it's slipped a little bit. These polygonal walls don't do that. So it's yeah, it is it's inconvenient on one hand, but it also shows an incredible amount of engineering and understanding of geometry, but also understanding of and this was a we were sort of talking, I don't know we're on or off the mic, but you gotta understand the stone. You know, you can't just cut Mm -hmm. a stone in any random shape, right? You you because that stone will just break. So yeah, in order to get to the point where you're building polygonal walls. You can analyze a piece of stone to the point where you can see the fault lines in it. You can see, you know, if I cut it this way, it'll be okay. If I cut it this way, it won't. And that's how I can cut this one this way and it'll fit in there nicely. Like it, it, Exactly. It's not, it's it, the, the science and technology to put a modern spin on it, that it, it's, oh, it's just ancient stone walls. I was like, no, in order to be able to actually do that, place those, make sure it's perfect, mortarless, And it's nothing wrong with it. It's actually, you know, as you say, that aqueduct's been probably rebuilt two or three times in the modern, you know, within since the Romans. Mm. I bet you the I bet you that polygonal wall has not gone anywhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I
0: building on top of it.
1: And what I also find kind of crazy is, okay, so it's inconvenient. It's a lot of effort. It requires specialist skills. Mm. That's why I don't think it can just grow up in loads of different areas simultaneously. That's right. It's too specialist for that. Mm-hmm. Certain things can, and that doesn't make sense to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm. I mean, this one has really baffled me. I've been looking at them for a while, but when I got there, I just wasn't quite prepared for how many there are. Like, I start hiking up the hill to look at the one at the top, and um, it takes a long time, and then and then you pass other ones on the way, and you're just thinking, what, what were they then? I mean, even one time, just driving on a cliff edge, I saw one, and it was... Well, it wasn't part of the fortifications at the top of the hill. It's mm. it was like maybe a couple of kilometers away mm-hmm. and quite a bit further down the hill. And it just was like surrounded by trees. And I, I guess it would go a bit further. But mm. what was going on? Like yeah, what, what was that, that used? Sectional
0: to? Wall. Yeah, what was the I'm just seeing them all there, over Paul. the place yeah. once
1: you start looking for them. Um, not just the ones that have the plaques and a signpost did on yeah, you yeah, know yeah. the maps. So something very interesting. And what I said in my video as well about the arches, I hadn't really thought about that, but it's, it's so true. The Romans built arches, mm. and the polygonal walls are not, they, they've all, wherever there is a kind of Roman gateway, it's trilithon mm. or upside down V-shaped.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And they weren't known to do that. They were known to do arches.
0: Mm. And you, what's interesting so in the book that uh, we're reviewing at the moment, we're sort of reading this book. It's a, an Aussie guy called Max Egan. And uh, he talks about Baalbek, right? And obviously Baalbek is, uh, uh, is the Romans did that too. And this, yeah. this, this would apply as well, right, to what you saw, because the Romans originally, it's Italy. Obviously the Romans were, had did something with it. So the Romans recorded everything. If the Romans had built a detailed polygonal masonry wall, not only would they have written about it, there would have been instructions on how to do it. Right, because this yeah. is what this is what Max was saying. If the Romans moved a thousand-ton stones at Baalbek, there would have been massive walls dedicated to that achievement, you know, and we'd still it know about it right. now. And it'd be the same thing if the base of an aqueduct was better when you use polygonal masonry. Then a, all the aqueducts have polygonal masonry bases, and b, we would know about it before. Yeah you know, before Hugh Newman and, you know, the, I imagine the, the raft of Italian explorers who we can't properly communicate with have, um, have looked into, you know, and this is when you start, I think probably what you found yourself doing, Laura, as well as you get deeper in the research is that you, you step back from the, oh, wow, megaliths, And it's like, hang on a minute. Oh, wow. But hang on how and why mm-hmm. and when and who and what You know, like you actually start digging and asking these questions.
1: There's a picture emerging, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. because now you go into so much more detail than ever before. I used to just visit sites. Mm -hmm. Now I go and I really like explore them and looking to every piece of, even in the local museums, you find Mm -hmm. books in Italian and you just, you know, go and buy them because you're not going to find them online or anything. Um, And I start going through and I'm just like, wow, this is like, it's, it's, it's blowing my mind there's something yeah there's and it's super interesting because like even I've been to Rome so many times mm-hmm. and I've never really noticed any of this there and from what I've read there isn't any polygonal masonry actually in Rome only mm-hmm. out in the countryside which doesn't make sense either why wouldn't no. they use it for all their main municipal buildings but anyway mm-hmm. then the other thing is that Rome the Romans like I've been to lots of Roman sites where sometimes I've thought wow what's that and I've looked at the plaque and it said that's like some giant megalithic altar and I'm thinking now I feel like I need to go back to those places as well
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and have a look at that from a new perspective because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they were Roman altars now. <laughs> no, I'm like thinking they well, were reused as a Roman altar, but they yeah. were not Roman altars.
0: Well, you've got to remember the Romans were the best at this, basically. You know, I, I used to, when I was in the corporate world and, you, you know, you'd get stuck and you'd have 10,000 10, meetings a day. You know, remember that? Mm-hmm. It's like you spend your life in meetings and nothing ever actually get done. And that would annoy me. Yeah. And I get to yeah. the point and I go, you know what? The Romans only ever had one meeting. And it was join us or die. Basically, that's what they would say. And then that would then what they would do is they go, okay, you can join us, and we will honor your gods by building a temple where your temple is. Right? That's what the Romans did. They took uh, sacred sites from the cultures that they either convinced or conquered, and they would build on the sacred sites in honor to you know either their gods or whatever that that they were known to do that so it's almost like yeah. any of the serious major roman temples across europe you could pretty much guarantee that if you could dig under there there's going to be something else you know and obviously there were there was a megalithic culture that existed not only across europe but across asia across you know across the planet there's no there's no denying that as far as i can see and it's, it's, and how do we fill the details? We fill the details by asking questions that people don't want asked or the, the modern academia doesn't want asked because it's, it's, well, I
1: understand idea. why they don't. Cause it's so hard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like we do have a timeline. We do have archeological evidence. We, it does. It is tricky to really place this culture.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. It is tricky. And I don't kind of have the answer to that in terms of timelines. And I mean, the thousands the thousands of radiocarbon dates have been taken from these sites in the Mediterranean. Thousands. Yeah, ab- ab- yeah, exactly. It's really it's not, hard they, to argue that.
0: They've been combed over it. yeah.
1: It's hard. And um, I mean, there's obviously something going on here. Obviously, mm. there is some kind of connection between mm. these sites, um, maybe with some localized or regional variations.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But
1: placing it is difficult and mm. also because we do have but even like when I'm looking back just as a, as I was saying in the video in the bronze age in the bronze age there was a lot of travel in the Mediterranean mm. and you had like the Sardinians had a pretty sophisticated culture at that time mm. called the Neuragic and mm. so did Menorca and so did uh, Greece mm. but then Italy was just you know pastoralists rural people doing a mm. bit of farming mm. why why couldn't they also have been a bit more sophisticated at the time but i still don't even want to place this in the bronze age i feel like that it's a, a remnant of something that we've completely lost mm. the, to time really
0: here's an interesting and this is a this is a this is actually a utc theory right and it's 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 in its it's in its early stages so forgive me however when we talk about carbon dating okay now they're measuring the silica, they're measuring the pressure, they're measuring the, the space between the silica to get your radiocarbon dating to. Or in order to put a timeline on it, they have a, a, a zero piece that they compare that zero piece to everything else, and that's how we get it, right? Mm-hmm. What if, what if certain events like cataclysmic events, and that could be volcanoes, it could be floods, it could be you know rocks from the sky, pick pick your cataclysm, okay?
2: Uh-huh.
0: what if what if cataclysmic events accelerate or decelerate the carbon timeline by the effect that they have on the planet itself and therefore that there's holes in the time like we know there's holes in the timeline it's like we've got the we've got the linear we're awesome we're awesome, uh-huh. we're awesome and here we are we're at our awesomeness now right which is obviously not true however it's in order to get the up and down timeline, like, you know, the, the, I, I sort of believe instead of the linear curve that we've got, it's more up and down, right? I think cultures have risen and fallen for, for a number of reasons. It doesn't necessarily yeah. always have to be at rocks from the sky, floods, just as I said, pick your cataclysm, right? And I wonder whether or not those events have an effect on the carbon dating. I, I And that's a, I've got nothing to back that up. That is purely me sitting in this chair, and and having a think however it's it's because it's like okay how do you fill the gap where's the where is it yeah it's it's
1: definitely worth exploring I also kind of I used to think at one point like I was with my brother at this museum back home in the UK and we were looking at all the like uh paleolithic artifacts and things Mm. and and, you know, it was obviously a pretty rudimentary lifestyle. And we're just looking at it thinking, just how? How do we place this kind of more sophisticated culture that just doesn't seem to fit well in mm. the time that mm-hmm. everyone says it, it fits? And and he was like, well, maybe there were two kind of living by the side, of, alongside each other. I mean, mm-hmm. why does it have to be, like you say, linear, that the whole of humanity just kind of goes like that? You could mm-hmm. have lots of different groups living alongside each other with different levels of sophistication, I guess, potentially. Um, and a lot of kind of like communication between them that maybe they do learn certain things, then they create their own regional version of it or, mm. or they I don't know. And and so he said, maybe lots of different groups have just lived alongside each other. And they've all just kind of done their own thing. And some and the megalithic building culture developed one way, and probably is much older. But mm. the reason there is, um, but lived alongside you know hunter gatherers mm-hmm. and they just weren't interested in that or something mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know i mean it, maybe because we we're just standing there trying to make a, like a sense of it just staring at all the artifacts
0: well i think i mean it still exists in that way today doesn't it we still have uh you know hunter gatherer societies you know i, I worked yeah. a lot up in papua new guinea you know and it's like it's interesting you know the guys uh i had the privilege of staying in one of the villages for a couple of nights it's a, a story for another day However. Um, like this guy who I went and stayed with, there was a proper village, had a veggie patch and had like, um, you know, huts made out of bamboo and palm trees and palm fronds. And, but by day he was a welder on an oil rig. Right. right. But over a weekend, every afternoon, he'd go back to his village and it's a dirt village and it's all the same. And, you know, they got yeah. the, the huts and the pig pens and all that sort of stuff. And that, it's been that way since forever. However, by day, he was a, he was a welder on an oil rig, you know? So it's like they exist side by side now. uh, And there's, to me, it's, I don't have an issue with multiple different cultures existing side by side. The big question that I have, and, you know, when I found your work, I mean, going back over a year ago now, seeing more detailed in Malta and then looking at, as I say, Turkey, looking at, the middle east looking at some of the stuff i've seen down here looking at and it's like hang on a minute this the the global picture there was there was a global builder culture it It does feel that
1: way i mean i'm trying not to go down that route or the lost civilization route because i just don't have the facts or the evidence but
0: but i'm looking at it like where else do you go when you
1: go and you look around and especially this most recent trip i'm like come on this is Mm -hmm. weird Mm -hmm. this is weird I mean, I've been to Rome so many times and I'm not seeing it. And then I go into the countryside and it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you're telling me it's Roman? No. But then if you say, okay, it could be um, just before that, you know, like um, the Etruscans or something. Mm. All right, maybe. But they developed from a, a fairly basic, um, like, culture, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. So from the, from the Bronze Age. So I'm just thinking... It's it. Where did they get that idea from? And then why is it so similar to other places?
0: Yeah, yeah. How did I just show you a wall in a random wall in Gympie, Queensland that looks almost exactly the same as what you just showed me in Italy? You know, like that.
1: And and I think the Romans, whenever they met people, um, met other groups, and obviously conquered that region, and um, and kind of they had battles, and then Mm. some tribes they kind of absorbed. And eventually, they absorbed everybody, but they they didn't mention this. You know, they mentioned a lot about the Etruscans. They mentioned mm. that they allowed their women to drink wine <laughs> by their side, and they found what? that really weird. They mentioned a lot of things, but they didn't mention that.
2: Yeah, it's just they, like
1: yeah, it does. It so even then, even just putting it to, I think that would be the archaic period. Still seems a bit mm. iffy. I would say potentially when um, in Mycenae, when all of this these polygonal walls were going up over there maybe they were going up in Italy at the same time and maybe there were some cultural links that we're not really understanding Mm -hmm. but I still feel that even in Mycenae, where did they get that technology from and why is it that there's a massive gap in timelines between megaliths like in in Anatolia Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then like so that's 9600 BC and I think Mm -hmm. there's earlier ones and then you're telling me that then four thousand five hundred BC they start to appear in like Western France. Yeah. And then an Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. What was it happening in those thousands of years in between?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the question, right? And then and then it's like even even in even in your even in your home country in the UK, it's like Stonehenge is only this. Oh, hang on, no, it's not. There's another ring outside of it. No, hang on, no, it's not. And, and like <laughs> how in theoretically, you know, the you know, obviously Hugh Newman basically is down the road from it. I see him, his stuff and, and he's, all this stuff is actually aligned as well. So it's not only do the, is it concentric circles, it's more, it's also they're astronomically aligned. They're almost in a perfect circle. And again, yeah, cool. They put stones in a circle. No, hang on a minute. You have to know what a circle is in order to put them in a circle, you know, like, and I was just thinking of a, of a something that you, I knew you'd find interesting as far as like Roman megalithic stuff. So the obelisk that sits in Rome that came from Egypt mm-hmm. that took three emperors to move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how long it took them to move the, that <laughs> exactly. obelisk from Egypt to Rome.
1: So and that's you, documented. So, and
0: that's exactly right. They, they, you know, we know exactly who the emperors were. You know, there's, there's, there's how they did it, and da 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 da. And it took three, the reign of three emperors to move one obelisk. But now, but now we believe they built Baalbek. Mm. but they didn't tell us anything about it, you know, now, now we, you know, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. We use, we use polygonal masonry in the base for aqueducts because it's better, you know, No, we don't tell anyone. Which, is just <laughs> Yeah.
1: And I even, so it just like not polygonal masonry, but the Pantheon I I've always found it amazing. Like whenever I've landed in Rome, I've gone straight there because I just, mm. I just love that building. Can't get enough of it. And um, the, so I, I've always just thought it's a bit mysterious and I've just gone as a tourist and just stood there and thought this is a really strange building. Mm -hmm. And I got looking it up once, and they actually don't 100% know that much about its foundations. They've decided it was this one emperor, but they're not really sure. I mean, come on, they documented everything. How do you not know? So that also makes me wonder about Mm -hmm. that, that particular building and the origins of Rome.
0: Well, the Acropolis Acropolis is the same thing. They don't exactly know how they got the big stone up on the top of the Acropolis, and that's the Greeks, Mm -hmm. same thing. They recorded everything. We got a lot and in of Greece,
1: stuff. I went to the Acropolis. Oh, my goodness. You're climbing up there. They, I, I keep saying the ancients were fit. They seem to do a lot of stuff on hills. like Yes. A lot of stuff. Yeah. And I went to the Oracle of Delphi, and there you've got polygonal walls. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all your standard stuff, like their treasuries and their temples, and everything's just so, like, it covers a really long walk up a, a steep hillside. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of buildings that you recognize everywhere in the ancient Greek and Roman world, mm. the the very similar type of masonry and technology mm. or, or construction techniques. And then you come across polygonal walls and you just stood there like, seriously, I, I, when I went there, like I was just touristing, I wasn't like researching and I just thought, well, what, what, where did that come from? What's? Yeah. how is that fit into this? And I'm looking for information and I'm not being able to find it. So even that, I mean, that's I'm, I'm. I remember being quite confused about that as a tourist,
0: mm, mm. and
1: just general observation.
0: Oh, look you. you- so- you, you you're very lucky i mean you got the opportunity to go and have another look when you can you know i think it's it's just it's at
1: least these you know. things are only a couple of hours away
0: that's right and not that's not right.
1: super super expensive um mm. yeah it's not too bad so what
0: do you do you get around on ferries or you jump on planes or is it, it how do you No um,
1: planes we only take ferry to sicily okay. from malta to sicily there's a ferry which everyone pretty much uses to go to sicily because it's it's easy and it means you can take your car because everything yeah. there is in the countryside yeah, yeah, yeah. um unless you're flying into catania and just staying in catania it's quite like you you want to have your car with you Mm -hmm. so mostly from malta to there everyone drives but for everywhere else you need to fly Mm. but um like when we went to sardinia last year we just took a a hire car from the airport because that's also quite rural and then same in italy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so when you're exploring these rural areas
0: so what what uh, so what I mean, I'd like to see I know if you if you could show me some photos of the tombs. I saw you had the Etruscan tombs up yeah, there. Let me they, show
1: you.
0: Because they look polygonal as well. What what's what's the the walls on the tomb look polygonal and they were they were round Yeah. Or what, I mean, what, so actually
1: it was my dad had noticed this because he's really into this stuff. Um I guess he's the reason that as I told you before I got into yeah, it yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, young. Yeah. And he um He had noticed that these Etruscan tombs of Banditaccia, which are just north of Rome, Mm -hmm. have some polygonal aspects. And he'd watched a video on it. And I said, but it was in Italian. And I said, well, let me go and have a look close up. Mm. And um, it's strange because some of them have the polygonal walls, some larger than others, Mm -hmm. but they're all just sections. You never see it all the way around a tomb. Mm. It's like it's, it's my face. It's like it's been constructed is that, is later. That, is,
0: that, is that the obligatory upside down photo? Is that?
1: I don't know why they're all upside down. <laughs> <laughs> when I uploaded everything to my computer, I don't See, know.
0: right. So that looks like it's been adapted or it's been.
1: Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Like there's not many. I, I explored quite extensively, but then again, the, in the, this particular necropolis, I think only ten percent is open to the public. And of course it's huge. It of course <laughs> this it area that I explored took me ages. So um, imagine how big the rest is. If so, you, what's you know. the
0: what's the standard model? What's the standard story for these ones?
1: These are Etruscan,
0: mm-hmm. and they, they um, And there's several phases, and... several
1: hundred years of Etruscan te- like uh, tomb construction. So the round ones are the oldest, mm-hmm. um, and then there's fairly standard like square ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's
0: even that yeah. is that is that all out of one piece? There's some of those some of that stuff in there. Have they have they dug that out? Is that one? I suppose they might. They're probably using concrete by then. Maybe I don't know. It depends on that.
1: I think these are later. They look concrete or they look reconstructed because yeah. you find sections that are actually use the natural bedrock. You find mm. sections that are in square and rectangular blocks. Mm-hmm. You find concretey sections, which I don't know how old that concrete is, and then you find polygonal sections. Mm. That's it's just so weird. They're all mixed in.
0: I mean it lends it lends again doesn't it to a a more modern culture using the bones of uh another culture you know like that's yeah.
1: um where was this uh no I that see
0: one. I saw a corbelled arch there as well that's pretty impressive the corbelled arch works it's interesting
1: yeah that's inside one of the tombs
0: mm.
1: um I think it was this one, yeah, look at that. it's weird, obviously, there's been a lot of messing around with this wall, but there looks to be some original polygonal sections
0: and see if you look at that, you look at that, it's like there's a there's a there's a a section there that's obviously very high quality, very well cut yeah, but again. The problem is, and like you say, everything's been dated, dated, dated. I, I question the dating technique because no, the bottom line is we can't date stone, right? You can't, we don't actually. Yeah. There's no matter what anyone says, we can't date stone. So, is that a is that a um uh are they using again? Is it an older culture that's or a newer culture going, oh, there's a heap of these round tomb things here, maybe. You know, we found they might have found remains in them. Oh, they must be the ancestors. Well, okay, well, let's use that. You know, I yeah, think- let's
1: clear them out and start again. Because even yeah. that, well, what I have, what they've dated is the actual. So in one of those tum- tumulus, you find like there'll be three tombs with separate mm-hmm. entrances, they don't mm-hmm. link up in the middle. And they've been carved out or built with stone blocks and they look they look quite similar to the neolithic tombs of Sardinia actually the Domus de Janus which I thought was strange because they're Etruscan and they're mm-hmm. much later but anyway because they even they've got beams carved on the roof which is what Domus de Janus they the archaeologists think that the carvings matched what the neolithic huts look like but they don't have any remains because they were not made of stone
0: i would to, I, to I would like lo- sure. i'd love to see the symbols because another the line of my It's like I've got forty thousand lines of research running all at once, but 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 one of them is the symbols that echo, right? So there's there's a family of about thirty two symbols that are found in like in the in the caves in Lascaux, uh, Mm -hmm. right through to Egyptian hieroglyphs. You know, like there's there's similar symbols, and I would I would wonder uh, what those yeah, I wonder what those symbols are because because I mean it's almost. I was having this discussion with my wife. It's like, you know, she's, oh, that's very pagan. It's like, well, pagan's such a, it's like, it's Roman, you know, like pagans are very broad topic, but they had the bars across their uh, tomb burial stuff as well, didn't they? You know, so it's like.
1: Well, so I, when I'm looking at it, I'm just thinking, they say the Domus Dejanus are replicas carved in stone of Neolithic houses so that the dead kind of went to their house when they put them in the tomb. Okay um and then I'm seeing the same thing in the Etruscan tomb with exactly the same explanation but several thousand years later okay Mm. and then each tomb is kind of cut into the tumulus Mm. and then the dating is obviously the vases they found inside and I looked at the vases I went to the museum yeah fair enough they're Etruscan Mm -hmm. but what if that tumulus existed as something else entirely before Mm. and Mm. then they came in and they like maybe it was actually a room or something mm. uh or some for some purpose or it could have been a tomb and then it was actually just one big room and then they said right let's put some filling in and insert some blocks and make yeah. these little like tombs inside it who knows because mm. how on earth would you know that mm. um if there's? because they wouldn't well they would have repurposed it the you would have to dig out all those tombs to find any kind of remnants of a previous culture which would Absolutely. destroy them so yeah. obviously you cannot do that investigation so it's it's tricky really mm-hmm. i think to say that they're all just um etruscan and they're dated based on that so but the Look, polygonal walls are quite small sections like i say it's almost like there was there must have been something much more extensive there before but and they been-
0: are, and they are rounded aren't they they are rounded the the walls that you saw they are actually yeah, yeah. round yeah right so, I mean, you'd have to, again, we, the problem with this stuff is that we have to make assumptions and, you know, and I know you don't like making assumptions and it's like, but what what are we left with? You would have to assume that at some point those tombs were all polygonal all the way around, you know, like yeah. you'd you have to assume that that's, and then again, they just patched it. You know, I think it was I'll think a- tell
1: you something really weird while we're on the subject of polygonal walls, and I have talked about this in a really old video, really old, you know, I haven't been doing it for a year, but say. it feels like it, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: but before I got my new microphone and probably not many people watched it. So there is this uh, temple on Gozo called Santa Venera, mm-hmm. and there's not much left of it. But they did do some new archaeological investigations into it in between 2013 and 2018, known as the mm-hmm. Frexus Project. Mm-hmm. And they dug deep and they did find some strange things. So even they admit that this is strange. That's what I'm saying. If even the archaeologists say it's strange, then it's strange. Mm-hmm. So they dug deep and they found that underneath this temple, there was like a, a tiny polygonal wall, small, small polygonal like um, blocks and, like, a patch, and it was underground against, like, um, yeah, like, it made, like, a little wall. Mm. And then the flooring had been put on top, and then the next part of the building, the the walls of the apses, the apsidal rooms right.
0: of the temple. Right, okay. And the
1: archaeologists said it doesn't make sense. It serves absolutely no structural function. Well, no, it's...
0: Yeah, I disagree with cannot
1: that. ...cannot be seen, and it's quite small. It just doesn't seem to make sense. They said it's almost like... It meant something to them, it, like a foundation ritual. But if why would you do a foundation ritual unless you were paying homage to something else, yes. like a pre-ancestral an yes. construction technique? Yes. So maybe the Maltese temples are Neolithic, but they even were paying homage to an older civilization Absolutely. that they had descended from. Mm. So that I mean, that's what. There's nothing else like it been found, as far as I know. I know. I mean, I've read most of the papers and books on. Mm on the stuff here
2: mm-hmm. now
1: that is strange isn't it so I, all, all the when I, I remember my telling my dad about it and he was like show me show me so I opened up the book and I showed it to him and he was <laughs> it's just his tiny polygonal wall he goes that's not that very impressive I said yeah but dad the implications are impressive yeah
0: that's right yeah because it's They're,
1: a proper like tightly fitting polygonal wall that cannot be seen by anyone that wow. has no structure.
0: can you see can you see yeah I we 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 gotta we gotta send some stuff. Send me a photo of that. I'll be very fascinated yeah. to see. I'll send that.
1: you the, the the link to the book because it's available. It's a big book, so you mm. can't really. But it's available on this on um from a university.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got there's a, few there's of a those. link I've got a few to it. Of those you links. can download
1: yeah. it, and I'll tell you the page number where that is. So mm. yeah.
0: And again, so this is it. So this is this, and this is this is what we've got to deal with. There's a, there's a there's the standard model that we are told. It is what it is. This is how it worked. It's linear, you know. But even then, I was thinking a couple of things. It's like it's not linear because what happened in the dark ages in Europe? No one really knows. There's a big patch there, 600 years or something.
1: I think it's it, 400 years. Where, yeah, for, yeah, we have,
0: yeah, 400 years where no one really knows what happened. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what happened for four? And there was
1: like like, this theory, wasn't there, that it's a cover up and there's like this lost history. I'm not really buying that. But there's definitely, um, yeah, there's there's lots of gaps in the records. Um, When I I mean, I'm not a historian, but when I start reading history books, and I do read a lot of different time periods, not Mm -hmm. just make like I'm reading one on medieval history of Malta Mm -hmm. at the minute. Mm yeah there's so many so many artifacts they found are missing now so they don't have them as an example the texts are mind-boggling the historians have really struggled to interpret exactly what was happening then Mm. uh there's just so much like that they don't know
0: Mm. so yeah Um, it's like yeah it's linear but we're missing 400 years don't worry about it
1: we're missing a lot in the historic period Uh so imagine in the prehistoric period absolutely
0: yeah what happened before that what what's
1: we don't have context for the finds, no. at least in the historic period, at least we do have texts and we do know that a lot of the texts are inaccurate because um, often they want to be mean about like the place they're conquering. So they mm-hmm. say, you know, the wrong things or history, say they history were all is written by blasphemous the blasphemous or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of um, when historians look at this, they have to obviously look at everything with a pinch of salt in a way. Mm. And try and give a balanced kind of um, synthesis of of the data and the information, which I think's uh, what's
0: which I think's what's missing a bit with the with the modern academia to do with this history, because it's like a lot of independent researchers like ourselves who are who are doing our best to look at things objectively, you know, not not buying into any theory, but just looking and going, okay, all right, I get what you're saying, that's okay, I understand that that's what you think it is, that's okay. But objectively and using critical thinking, it's like, well, yeah, okay, I'm with you on some of it, but what about that and that and that and that and that? And what one of the interesting things, you know, the, uh, the Clovis culture in the US. Mm-mm. So that was the oldest dated culture in the US, right? I think it was 25,000 years, whatever it was. So what they did, another university and fresh team, they went and dug deeper. Guess what? They dug deeper another 10 feet, they found more stuff that was older than the last stuff. So now it's been redated. Like the entire history of the American prehistory was dated on this Clovis site and they dug another 10 feet and they found yeah. more, right? And, and that and when you said the megalithic wall in Malta, a good spot is, a, you know, to be a bit Aussie about it, Laura, a good spot's a good spot, you know,
2: yeah.
0: right? So yeah. we're going to go, we're all human. And you know, if, if our ancestors going back a thousand lifetimes found a good spot chances are we come across that spot now go, yeah this is a good spot you know so the deeper you dig the more you find so it's like yes on one hand we don't have context but on the other hand it seems to be a lot of the papers and stuff that we read and that is the basis for this research isn't isn't finished like i don't know what what how you find it but when i read a lot of this stuff and you and you keep picking at it it's built on beds of sand. There's no actual, when you get down to the baseline, it's like, well, how did you come up with this initial theory? There's not a lot to a lot of it. This is the, and, but this one paper is now the basis for this whole thing. So it's like, where do you, and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's-
1: I know what you mean. Presenting the facts, I don't mind. If the, if I read something and they j- just present the carbon dates and they represent that and they say, look, this wall doesn't have a structural function. Okay, that's great. We don't really need to speculate at that point. We don't mm. need to have the answers. We just then have the facts that they can obtain with scientific methods. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. fine. But often a lot of papers do... Um, say well they must have been doing this or they must have Mm. been doing that or it must have been a ritual or it must have been an ancestor worship or it must have been and I think in those cases like that that is just as speculative as everybody else really and I also have this issue like I really I know it is difficult to say the lost civilization thing because it's it's tricky to find the actual evidence for it with the current scientific methods Mm. that they have
2: Mm.
1: I get that but when um, people get kind of angry about that that thing or, or just say it's so ridiculous, that mm. kind of upsets me because how can it be ridiculous? We know the history of the earth. We mm. have incredible uh, scientists that have looked into it and we know it's so old and there have been cataclysm after cataclysm. I mean, look, even just thinking when you're walking around Scotland that it's made up of extinct volcanoes I mean Mm -hmm. it's mental (laughs) like so we know that the earth has changed a lot and we know it's been through a lot (laughs) and so and and we know full well there's been cataclysms because we've had them in our historic period Mm -hmm. and we can find them geologically in Mm -hmm. prehistory Mm -hmm. so what's wrong with saying there's something probably could have happened and and if there was something cataclysmic in the past it would have wiped out a lot of the evidence that we consider for dating like Mm -hmm. organic stuff. I absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I can understand why it's very difficult to prove and, but the anger at people researching it, I don't really understand because I don't
0: understand. Well, I think
1: we know there's been cataclysms yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can't pretend there wasn't like there, there's been loads.
0: Look, I, I had, I had some interesting experiences uh, last year, Laura, with some of the stuff down here. I ran into some interesting people who will just say, and I, I think for me, because I've found it, I find it, and it's, what would you say, 95? I kind about the same time that I think I got my first pyramid book, which is somewhere behind me there, right? I've still got it, you know, like that's how long yeah. I've, yeah. And I just found it so fascinating and it's so amazing. And I think I came into this independent research stuff with a bit of rose-coloured glasses, you know? I thought, oh, everyone must be cool, you know, we're just trying to find, figure it out, everyone's going to be okay, mm-hmm. But no, these, these, some of these people will defend their theories like almost to the death, it seems. It's like, well, hang on, you, you don't actually know. None of, I'm not saying I know, but you don't know either. Let's be honest. You know, no one, we've got speculation and we've got, you know, we can conduct whatever scientific, basic scientific experiments we can conduct in, in, at certain places to help us lend with some evidence. But at the end of the day, none of us really know, you know, and it's like, isn't it interesting? You said, and you're right. It's like it's hard to prove, yet it's literally in every country on the planet. There's literally it just echoes a con, you know, it's like, at what point are we going to turn our our gaze towards the commonalities that seem pretty clear to me? Like it's it's like, yeah, okay, I can't tell you who, what, when, where, why, but I can show you. You know, I could open up my desktop and there's literally 30 folders from different countries and different places, and everything it doesn't yeah. look exactly the same, but like we've said in the past, you know, we've had discussions, it's like it's just a different location or cultural interpretation mm-hmm. of the same thing, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I um I also wonder if I wonder if we are um we're missing something, like I had said before, that's just right in front of us. Because, mm. you know, you tend to go to all the sites that are marked on the maps and the museums and everything. Mm. And even that can be difficult because a lot of finds are taken from the site and they're put into a museum in a different country or a different city. And so sometimes it's hard to really get the context of everything that was found in that particular location mm. Or they go on travel, you know, temporary exhibitions. But that's good. I mean, at least everyone's kind of sharing their finds and whatnot. But, um, but I kind of sometimes i think maybe we're just looking too much into each site and actually Mm. there's stuff everywhere that we're just not really noticing because now when i'm like i say you walk around the countryside then you see some extra polygonal walls here you see megaliths built into rubber walls and then you're thinking maybe it's more something that has been called something might not be what Mm. we think it is Mm. it might have been reused many times in history without us really understanding it
0: yeah look i think we have very little understanding i and and so, it, you know, it's – we we look – it's one of those things where I'm, I'm sort of struggling for a terminology here. However, it's mm-hmm. like we are conditioned to see what we're conditioned to see, I think, in a way, right? And I think it takes – look, I think we can probably agree that over the last couple of years, we've seen common sense and critical thinking and a whole range of things just go completely out the window. You know what I mean? So, it's like yeah. – um, people are very conditioned and I, I think that cultural conditioning anything that people get crazy about stuff that sits outside of what they it's like no that's not there well what do you mean it's not there of course it's there You, it's it's yeah. you can i, I can because i'm going to show you something now actually i i uh i think i was going to um I do want to send because I know your dad loves the upart, so I'll, I'll send you some better photos yeah, of
1: this. Yeah, really into it. I have. Um, I really need to look into it a bit more because it's not something I've researched properly. I've just heard of the. Oh some look, of the stories.
0: we we spent uh, in this book. I think we spent two or three hours going through, not even skimming the surface of the upart that has actually been found, and it's it's mind-boggling. This isn't that I actually did a proper uh, archaeological well best of my ability study on this um but look at this imprint here I just wanted to show you this because and I'm showing all the people that are interested in this because just explain to me what is that Mm. right it's an imprint of something now this is a sense. can you put it large
1: because I can't see it
0: can you see that I
1: can just see a thumbnail
0: oh can I oh hang on a second all right hang on let me stop share there let me try again uh try that how's that is that better?
1: Yeah, there. Got it.
0: Right. Look at that. Yeah. It's like it's it's imprinted into sandstone. Okay? Yeah. Now, this is an indigenous – so I'll back out of it, right? This is an indigenous site where they did uh, axe grinding. Okay? So if I go forward a bit, oh, this is just me taking – this is the initial find. But there's all this stuff everywhere where they used to grind their stones and sharpen their stones. Right. All right, all these axe grinding marks, right? So this is, uh, you know, it's an indigenous meeting place. It's actually a crossroads, and then just in the middle of it is this random imprint. Now that has been pressed into the stone. Okay, so there's uh, when we, when, when, what are we, what we're talking about? And this is a UTC discovery. Again, this is there's nothing about this anywhere in Australia. No one said anything about it, right? right? So it's a sandstone. So I took a, I you know, I was, I, there was, it's, and there's bits of pieces all over there and I, I, I took a chunk and I sent it to a geologist and I seen the photos and he's like, a I've got no idea what that is. He goes, but it's been imprinted into the stone. He goes, and just so you understand this type of sandstone, it melts at 2000 plus degrees. Okay. So it's like huh. e- either something incredibly hot was put in there or there was a, a, a mounting plate or like what it, it, it doesn't make any sense as to what it could be. Like this, we call it the sunglass mark. Cause this looks like a pair of 80 sunglasses. And what you need to understand as well, Laura, is that I actually took uh, and again, applied basic scientific methods. So I took squares, I took, and I measured it. And this is a perfect right angle. That's a perfect right angle. Okay. So that whatever that is, you put a little square in there like a little
2: mm-hmm. uh, and,
0: it, and it fits perfectly in there okay there's a perfect right angle um so it's it's been machined like it's there's something has built that you know yeah uh and yeah there's all sorts of interesting stuff in that area but again no one knows what it is but it's been used as a meeting spot for who knows like i'm seriously 70 80 100 years like that's that's not a that's not a, uh, wouldn't be far off the mark, you know, to that's say it's been used for outrageous. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 years, whatever it is, you know. And yeah, because all around here is all these, all these axe grinding marks, right, where they sharpen yeah. their stones. And and then, yeah, in the middle of it, yeah, we, we were actually, we are actually on an Indigenous, we were, we were working with the Indigenous people there. And it was, we had a an elder with us and um, we showed him and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I've never seen it before. (laughs) And yeah, I've got other photos that I'll send to you. That's very strange. Isn't it strange? I just, and I've been showing anyone that's got any interest because it's like, what is that? And no one And this
1: indigenous area doesn't, there's like nobody with any kind of mechanical um, equipment been there recently doing something. No, no, no. Well, there's
0: no, well, there was a, there was like, there's like a bridge. uh, It's like a Creek bed. Right. And there's like a, Mm. There's a bridge, and this was, again, it was the main track through the mountains, okay, but it's been the main Mm. track. The road that now sits there was the Indigenous track that was there for, again, 50, 100, how many of a 1,000 years you want to, you know, pick your number. Uh, Mm. And this has been a meeting place for the Jinaburra and the surrounding tribes. It was like a neutral place where you could come and sharpen your stones, you could have a swim, was like a neutral meeting place and has been since forever, and yeah, I mean, I've looked at machinery. I've I've sent this to engineers. I've sent it to as many different people as I can think of, and gone. Tell me what it is, right? And it's either it's like there was either something metal in the stone
2: mm-hmm.
0: that has been in there for that long that it left an imprint, and then now yeah. the metal's gone. But again, theoretically, that stone is. Thousands of years old because it's a sandstone, takes you know X yeah. amount to form in the geological model. Um, or something incredibly hot was pushed in there, but again, in order to melt the stone, it must be at 2000 plus degrees Celsius. So it's like, what do you where do you go? What do you say? Like, yeah. it's but That's I've got I, what I'll do is I'll find the um, I'll find the dig photos because I actually dug out around here and it actually the geologist said there's some interesting cuts here um, and the mm. geologist said that it looks like the stone had been cut, right? So is that a, is that mm. a mounting plate for a cutting machine? Like I'm, I'm just speculating because there's nothing We there, – there is only speculation with this one because there's nothing – Yeah. To I'm no expert
1: on engineering, but it looks – obviously it looks like something metal was there.
0: So. Yeah, it looks like some sort of mounting plate or something like that. I mean, and when you start looking into Oopart. Yeah, you talk about Roman stuff. Apparently there's been Roman coins found here in Australia. You know, so it's like did the Romans come here? Right? There's boomerangs. There's there's there's, wow. boom, there's boomerangs in tombs in Egypt dating back 5000 years ago. And it's huh. known as the foreign weapon. So it's like, okay, so did the Egyptians come here? Right? There's the hieroglyphs at Gosford which if you listen to the podcast i did with muhammad he believes to be genuine and, and another other and a few other guys like uh, bob newton was the one of the original guys who discovered that and yeah he he agrees so it's like the egyptians were here 3, 000, five thousand years ago so it's like okay so now you've got a global seafaring culture so it's like where do you go with this stuff where do you and it's when the when the dots start joining you know, we're we're on we're in the middle of nowhere in Australia, and I can pull dots and symbols and shapes mm. and stuff from all over the world, and then you go and do your work, and it's like, well, hang on, there's megalith here, megalith there, polygonal here, polygonal there. Yeah, I'm just
1: making some notes. That you're you're giving me ideas.
0: Now. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. No, I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm. Look, I did. No. Get- I get ideas from your stuff, so I'm glad I can repay the favour. Did you
1: see the video I did on vitrified forts in Scotland? No, so this I didn't is see basically there's these forts in Scotland dating to the Iron Age, and they are they're vitrified, which means they've been exposed to temp their stones have been exposed to temperatures of more than a thousand degrees. Okay. And it's always been a bit of a mystery. Um, experimental archaeologists have tried to recreate these walls and put fires next to them Mm -hmm. with wood and everything and Mm -hmm. like to see if um because because we know that the iron age forts had wood like trestles on the front Mm -hmm. to see if they can recreate this vitrification, and they cannot not really they can create very tiny amounts of it but nothing on the level that these forts have Mm -hmm. and iron age forts there's many in the uk i think thousands but Um, the only ones that actually have the vitrifaction are in Scotland Mm -hmm. and Northern Europe, Mm -hmm. not in England, not in Wales. Now this has really confused a lot of archeologists and they've come, the mainstream idea right now is that the forts were built to be burnt down in a big ritual. So everybody would see these big fires.
0: (laughs) Everything's a ritual. Everything's a ritual.
1: or or they were used and then when they were abandoned they were burnt down as part of a ritual which could be seen for miles around and because they've decided that it couldn't have been battle because of a battle it couldn't have been um, an enemy kind of warfare thing because you need to stay close to it for a very long time with producing very high temperatures to create the Mm vitrification. so obviously like everybody's like what the heck? And this is another one of my dad's, like, real interests. Like, he's always gone on about it. Mm-hmm. So I did this video, and I looked at all the theories, and, yeah, I'm not buying the richer one at all. So oh. he, he was saying if what he thinks, the reason why he thinks it's region, regional to Scotland is because maybe there is some kind of cataclysm in the past had caused vitrification to occur Mm. on Mm. certain stones. And they were the ones that just got used for the forts. So Iron Age forts were all over the place, but Mm. the ones in the Northern Europe and and the Scotland were the ones that had all were able to use the same type of vitrified rock that was affected by some sort of high heat causing
2: Mm.
1: cataclysm Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. could be i mean i don't know i didn't mention this in my video because we were talking about it actually after it Mm. emmy would never mentioned that before but you know it's because otherwise why is it localized to scotland Mm. and what and why were they doing rituals in scotland and not the iron age forts in england when pretty much they were all the same structure and all followed the contours of the hilltops they were on they all had similar kind of gateways like that doesn't make sense to me
0: Mm. I, don't, so, I, I just don't buy the ritual stuff in most cases again, anyway
1: another example whether te- like with your upart of the temperature having to be incredibly high for this to occur mm. at a time when it would have been a real pain to make that temperature for a long period
0: practically impossible if we'd if, struggle if, 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 now yeah. yeah well see i i, I thought what i started with that little upart thing i started looking up um, blacksmithing tools so i thought okay you know maybe whatever like because it was the old Cobb & Co route, right? So that's the old wagons yeah. running through there. So oh, maybe there was a blacksmith there. So I'm looking at all um, blacksmith tools from the 1700s, 1800s, and nothing. There's nothing there that matches that. I mean, that's because it's, it's really only a forge that could get anything up to that sort of, te- you know, if you apply it to modern technology, it's really only a forge that could get up to that sort of technolo- uh, temperature But again, why would you just stick something in the ground, you know, and, and, and why does no one know anything about it? And, you know, and it's the same sort of thing. Like I'm hearing, I'm hearing reports of different uh, bits of wall, same sort of thing. Like you're saying in Italy, down Creek beds, right. You're going to have to walk for three kilometers down a Creek bed, but somewhere down there is a, is a masonry wall of some description. Right. So it's like, if it's in a creek bed in the middle of nowhere, it's hard to verify these things because in in Australia, yeah. it's not just, it's not just around the corner. Like any of this stuff, it's a, it's a couple of hours to get there. Then, you know, it's like it's a weekend to actually see whether or not there's anything, there. you know? So, yeah. and you're only going to one spot uh, and you're driving for 15 hours to do that. So oh. <laughs> um, it's like, it's hard. Yeah. I want, I'm trying to get more confirmation before I, do field trips, you know, Uh, but again, it seems to be in random spots. So again, that lends to something happened in the past. At some point in the past, these random walls and bits and pieces had function, but the landscape Mm -hmm. has changed on such a level that it, it now they're random, right? I mean, there's an interesting line of research as well. You know, if you think about volcanic and stuff like that, that some of the stuff in South America Actually wasn't on mountaintops originally, right? Mm. It was it it's because they find mm. seashells up there, right? They find right. seashells yeah. up there. So it's like, okay, so originally it was that bit of land was covered in water. So is are we looking at um uh crustal displacement pushing these mountaintops up? And there just happens to be something on the mountaintop, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting you've got to ask these questions because, again, you've got to ask the function is why do you build something up that high? Like why do you need to travel 10,000 feet and why would you carry 10-ton stones up a mountain? Like what what's the function of that, you know?
1: Yeah. But the, I, I thought that they could usually date crystal displacement. They would know when it was and it would usually be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years ago. And that's
0: the problem. So, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know what the thing was? So it opens we, up we, a whole new problem. <laughs> when you when you dig into this U part and, and and this is gonna, and you're not gonna like this, but when you dig into this U part, they they carbon date it, and this is why you hear nothing about it because a lot of this cut there seems to be, like 13 million, 300 million, 200 million. like this stuff is found in coal seams, right? The, mm-hmm. Like there's there's gold chains found in coal seams. There's uh, an iron pot found in a coal seam where these these guys knocked a bit of coal, and this iron pot falls out of it, and the coal seam was dated to thirty million years.
1: Yeah, and we are yeah, so we're not even talking like no. the main argument is or was it Neolithic or no, Paleolithic? No, we're talking no, no, like no, serious. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's before
1: what, yeah humans were around. Mm, and that's sorry. what led
0: that's what led me to think about does do. Do cataclysms affect the carbon dating? Does it? The, does it affect mm. the compression of the silica and all that sort of stuff? Because, because if you start to take the upart into uh, into play, that's why you don't hear about it. That's why it gets hidden in vaults in museums. Because like we can't actually acknowledge that that exists. Because if we do, it blows everything out, like everything. So it's like, Ooh,
1: yeah. I mean that would that would be the wildest side of the lost civilization theory yeah. it's not that it's just a bit older yeah. it's more like <laughs> actually millions of years ago this stuff yeah, yeah, was yeah.
0: happening yeah. and
1: there's just no traces of, Well, it's just impossible to date it mm. now um, uh, uh, yeah
0: and look it's it's
1: i've heard that when it's obviously wild but there's it, nothing wrong with sitting there and thinking imagine though imagine if that was it that I know.
0: would be but then again, right, so then you go, okay, if you believe the timeline, we're what, four and a half billion years old, okay, mm. and a billion is a thousand million. So 30 million years ago in the Earth's history is two seconds ago, you know, like mm. it's not that long ago. So it's like, um, yeah, Angus, Angus had a prophetic, he has these prophetic moments. I call him Yoda, Yoda McDermott, right? <laughs> cause he, he was sitting here one he's So what if everyone's theory? So we just talked about everyone's theory and everyone's trying to do their own thing. What if everybody's theory is true? It's just a matter of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? lot like of if we just, you know, just stretch the time. Cause again, it's like they're, they're, they're so certain of the timeline yet when you dig into that certain timeline, like we said earlier, there's gaps, there's gaps and there's yeah. this, this doesn't go here. So like, yeah, you've got a half a polygonal masonry, Etruscan tomb, and the rest looks like it's made out of concrete from the Romans. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And was it there before? And what, you know, like, and so I oh, no, it's just all Etruscan and Roman. Well, no, it's not, because it looks like polygonal masonry that you find in South America. So how do you join that together?
1: Exactly. You know? Almost no theory um, kind of meets all the variables. No. That's what I always say. Like, even the Cartwrights, said so people come up with all these ideas, all the experts and the independent researchers, and not, you can literally, there's so the, there's so many interesting characteristics about them mm. that not one theory can accommodate for all of it. Mm. So you're going to have to f- say that something, um, some kind of fact needs to be changed. Or like there was this theory that's really kind of far-fetched and some people have put it in my comments on YouTube and things, which is that it was actually when that rock was softer millions of years ago that it was yes. formed and things like that. Mm. And there was vehicles back then. And yeah, it's wild. But actually, that would be the only thing that actually explains all the variables. <laughs> but
0: That's then right. you've got
1: to like totally like go into this weird thing where nothing makes sense. Well, that, well so,
0: the, the, the only workable theory for that little bit of art that I showed you then was like, well, at some point when the stone was soft, someone put something in it and left it there. Well, hang on a minute. Well, the last time that stone was soft, because it's in a mountain range. And those mountains used to be volcanoes, but they've been dormant for X amount of millions of years. So at some point that sandstone was soft and someone put something in it when it was soft. I said, like, well, hang on a minute. That was when and how, yeah. you know, it's it's it blows it out. Look, it's... I it's, think the
1: geology is really relevant though. Really absolutely. relevant geology. Yeah. I'm getting a lot more into understanding how the landscapes have changed. And I think that's very relevant to the story somehow.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think... Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully within our lifetimes we can get a a better dating technique. Because I, I do, because even when you look into carbon dating and you look how they do it and all these dating, I mean, there is so the was it uh, something luminescence? There's yeah, another, optical
1: uh, um, stimulated luminescence.
0: Yeah, yeah, that seems that seems to have some some interesting things about it that may allow us to date stone a little bit more. Mm. successfully. Cause I mean, the radiocarbon dating has got holes in it too. Once you dig into how they do that, you know, and it's like who yeah. decided, who decided on the baseline, you know, mm. would a different bit of coal from another place you know, like it's, it's, a, it's interesting. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: look, it's getting, it's getting late down under and I'm, I'm aware of your time as well, Laura. So I suppose a couple of questions to finish. What was your uh, takeaways from this little jaunt over to uh, Italy? What was, your, what was your takeaways?
1: Well, you know, I'm always wondering if I'm going to be there to kind of debunk or be disappointed, but no, I really fo- thought that this is this is really blowing my mind how many walls there are and how much of a um, diverse area they cover. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, so this is the thing. Um, it really kind of blew my mind because i didn't realize before i thought there was just a few walls in Mm -hmm. some hilltops Mm -hmm. i didn't realize they're in valleys they're in loads of different types of structures they're fully they're everywhere in the countryside but they're not in the actual city i wasn't really aware of this till i started researching until i went and looked and saw it for myself Mm -hmm. and i'm just walking through a city and i'm aiming for the area on google maps where i know there's a wall and then i'm seeing them everywhere else so that really um stunned me also Mm -hmm. um it made me want to look even more into that. Yeah, I don't want my whole Instagram feed and YouTube to just be walls, but it's really, um, yeah, it's really made me, it's, it's impressed me, let's say. <laughs> I, want, I want to really do a lot of research on that.
0: Well, you are the megalith hunter, Laura, and yeah. kudos for getting that tag, by the way. Uh, yeah. And I think those that are in the similar field or they know what they're looking at, the... Consequence of polygonal masonry and the detail that you you're beginning to show that's in Italy. The you know it's as it, like we said earlier. It's like it's not just about the fact there's a polygonal wall in Italy. It's like well, hang on a minute. Why and does do do we not understand the the ramifications of that? Like the fact that it echoes now strongly in Italy prior to everything else. Like it's. Mm-hmm. You know, so look, I, it impressed me, and I was I was shocked, like because I, I think I'd seen, and obviously I, I saw all your folders there. We'd be here all night if we started going through the pictures. However, yeah. uh, you know, a wall similar to what the wall that I just showed you, right? And I, and that was when when we spoke. I'm like, oh, you've got to check the the polygonal wall. I thought there was only one. I thought it's like, oh yeah, there's a yeah. polygonal wall there. And now there's, you know, so it's just that the mystery deepens, I suppose. You need to go. There
1: must be hundreds, actually, it's like cart ruts. Yeah. And you can't tell me that that was just like some, I don't know. It just, it, there has to have been something very impressive going on there in, in the ancient past. That we're not understanding, and I also find like whenever you, I taught you, I did not know much about megaliths in Australia. Actually, I didn't really think there was any. Um, and now you've opened my mind to like that whole area of exploration as well,
2: mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: that's something incredible. Um, yeah, wow, that now we're really missing something, aren't we? Like, there's definitely it, it, this something
0: is, going on. So, so basically, the, if to like I said, we're going to turn five, uh, somewhere in the next yeah. month or so. And we started external, right? So we started with the Great Pyramid and all the standard ones. And as we gathered the data set, there was like a big hole. There's an Australia-shaped hole. And so, well, hang on, this is the oldest bit of rock on the planet. What, what happened here? Mm. And then you start digging slowly into this stuff. And look, there's a hole. Cult, the, the cultural stuff down here is difficult to navigate. However, when you start digging into it, there is stuff here, Right. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of it was, look, a lot of it was bulldozed, uh, a lot of it was taken down, a lot of it was destroyed in on purpose. And you've got to then ask, why was it destroyed on purpose? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and no when two- the
1: climate was maybe more hospitable in some of the harder to reach areas. It's probably stuff there but i mean how do people really it's a really big country isn't it like mm, it's, it's not all so explored yeah, yeah. No. i'm sure there's loads no of areas one. that aren't properly explored
0: yeah well look uh, you know i'd love to have the uh me and the me and the me and the boys talk about it all the time so what what do we got to do to get a lidar you know we need a lidar on the mm-hmm. bottom of a plane and just because then we could cover so much area and I think, yeah. you know, you look down in northern New South Wales, I reckon there's stuff. If you had LIDAR down there, I reckon there's stuff down there, Glasshouse Mountains up north. Oh, it seems to be east coast, but then there seem, there's, there's there's talk of stuff in the desert that I'm, as I say, I won't talk about on air at the moment. However. Uh-huh. Um, you can that, tell me
1: after. <laughs> I will.
0: I will. Don't worry. I'll tell you after. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's fascinating stuff. Well, look, I suppose... Um, look i think we can probably wrap it up i i I had another question but i can't remember what it was so uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, there's nothing i always enjoy talking to you laura and i think yeah yeah, it's awesome we 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 stimulate the ideas and the the thought processes and uh you know hopefully the world continues to open up and um you can, you, you can show me the cyclopean walls one day. I'd love to.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and what I, I like these conversations because most of the time it's just me talking to the camera myself, you know, when I'm <laughs> filming and you feel so silly. And it's actually really good when you do like interviews and chats and collaborations.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I've got to get, I'll, I'll get the study photos, uh, the archaeological photos at UPA and I'll get those to you as well. And you can, uh, I don't know, do it. The thing is, give it to whoever you want. Because I want to, I, I don't care. I want someone, any ideas, because there is no idea. Like, so. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Laura. I really appreciate it. And Thank uh, you
1: for having me, Trifon. Uh, that's great. all
0: right. Best of luck, uh, Megalith Hunting. Thank you. Thanks.